0: This week's episode of Primates is brought to you by me, Matt Stewart, and my 2020 live comedy show, Monkey House, uh, to the Brisbane Comedy Festival at the Powerhouse from the 10th to the 15th of March, back home to Melbourne for the Melbourne International Comedy Festival at the Victoria Hotel from the 26th of March to the 19th of April. You can grab tickets now with the discount code PODCAST, and that gets you a real handsome discount via mattstewartcomedy.com slash gigs. That's mattstuartcomedy.com slash gigs. Now on with the show. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Welcome to Primates, the podcast where we explore primates in popular culture from Chimpan A to Chimpan Z. I'm not joined, as always, by official second banana of the show, the host of the Frank Grimey Grime show, Evan Munro-Smith. He is off sick, um, potentially due to the uh, bloody smoke enveloping the city of Melbourne at the moment from the bushfires. Um, he's not feeling too well, unfortunately, but uh, he's resting up and I'm sure he'll be back next week. So instead of the regular programming, I've I've done a last minute AMA, Ask Matt Anything episode and I've uh, put up the request for some questions on Twitter earlier today as well as on some of the network Facebook groups and I've got a bunch of questions to answer. I'll get through as many as I can. Uh, Here we go. This one's from Joe Penning. Who's your favourite Saints player in the current list and then of all time? I should say, I, I told them that it didn't have to be about primates. It could be, and I imagine probably quite a few are, but I said it for it to be properly asked me anything, it's got to be anything. Uh, so Joe Penning writes, Who's your favourite Saints player in the current list and then of all time? I think probably current favourite player, it's got to be uh, the skunk, Tim Membry. He's our... Leading goal kicker forward, it's almost a boring answer in that way, but I, I liked him before he was even as good as he is now. I, I don't know what it was about him. I liked him from the start. He just is very trusty kick, never misses shots of goal, or nearly never does. He had a couple of rough spots, but, um, yeah. And all time, that one's easier. I'd say uh, Frankie Peckett, who uh, was like a half back flanker slash wingman in the early to... Uh, early 90s to into the new millennium, the one we're in now. And uh, I don't know what it was about him. He was just cool. I think part of it is I like uh, cool players, and they're both cool players. Uh, he used to drive, probably still does, old um, one of those big old American cars with wings at the back. <laughs> I don't know. As a kid, I thought that was very cool. Anyway, so that's my answer. Great question, Joe. Uh, Vanessa Hackett writes and i haven't read any of these before i'm reading them out so apologies if it, some of these aren't questions or whatever but vanessa vanessa hackett writes "Ah, too much pressure how are you i'm pretty good it's a nice question uh, she also asks, and what's the best movie you've seen recently okay what movies? i saw knives out uh last week over the over the break while i was down in tasmania and i thought it was awesome um the other movie i watched down there was on Netflix or something and it was a movie I've seen before which was a lot of fun called Midnight Express. Uh both of those hot tips. Thank you very much for the question, Vanessa. Timothy Williams asks, uh no questions or comments, just three bad monkey jokes. Okay, great. Is there such a thing as a bad monkey joke? Let's find out. Uh joke one question. What do you call a monkey in a minefield? A baboom that's pretty, yeah, that is pretty bad. Um, question two, what's invisible and smells like bananas? A fart of a monkey. <laughs> that's, that's worse, but uh, I, all of a sudden, baboom's looking great. And then finally, no, all of these are fantastic. I'm being negative. That's not who I want to be. New resolution, be a more positive guy. Question three, what did the monkey say? Full stop. When he slide down the flagpole uh answer goodness gracious great balls of fire (laughs) timothy williams you've done it again uh and also for the first time potentially very good stuff all three of those fantastic jokes um mckenna middlebrook asks you've mentioned that you've been to america before on prior podcasts so what's your favorite place to visit while you were there and as an American myself, what's the best spot in Australia to visit? Oh, great questions. I'd say I don't I don't absolute ball in America. Uh, I I don't remember being um, unhappy with any of the places I visited. Uh, one of the highlights, which was kind of unexpected and probably the only place I went that was slightly off the beaten track, was Jackson Hole in maybe in Wyoming, but it it uh, touches on or well, it's just outside of uh, Yellowstone National Park. And I went there, I went for a drive around there with my friend who I was traveling with, and we, we had such a good day uh, getting around that park. We went to Old Faithful, the big squirting water spot, which maybe that wasn't as exciting as, uh, you know, no, maybe it's exactly as exciting as you'd think a water squirting from the ground would be. But it, I forget how often, but it does it like, um, like clockwork. I also saw a bear from a distance, it was a black bear, it was cool, black bear cub. Uh, We got sort of swamped by a herd of bison, which has long been one of my favourite animals. So that was a real thrill. Also saw elk, the only one we didn't see was a moose. So ticked off three of the big four, which I made up as a big four, I don't know if they are the actual big four. So I think that was a real highlight, but I loved everywhere. Um, I enjoyed LA. I got to see uh, the taping of a, um, the Late Late Show with bloody... Oh, I'm blanking. Scottishman, Scotsman, Scott. Ah, oh, that's bad. But I got to see that and that was so much fun. Also in New York I got to see a taping of Letterman's Late Show. So good. Uh, such a good time. And uh, yeah. Oh, San Francisco was awesome. I started basically went straight to San Francisco. Uh, well, we flew in LA, me and a different friend who I, I initially got there and then I went off with another friend. It doesn't, I mean, that's not super exciting, but um, we basically went straight to San Francisco and I don't think I slept. From when we got on the plane to I went in to bed in San Francisco, I think would have been something like 40 hours or more maybe. And we just had the best time. I uh, went to a pub and watched the 49ers have a good win uh, unexpectedly and i became a fan of theirs from then and their buddy, uh only one win away from making the super bowl fingers crossed now can you believe it uh i can and i can't as well because i normally go for teams that aren't that good um I'm, i mean that's a bit of a backhander at the saints they've often been pretty good so I, I do apologize to the saints i love you saints if you're listening uh best spot in australia to visit my that's a tricky one. There's so many great places. I love Brisbane a lot. I love Hobart and Tasmania in terms of capital cities. Sydney's awesome. You know, if you want to see the iconic things of Australia, you go to Sydney and the, see the Opera House and the Bridge, um, which you can do pretty quickly. There, You can see them both at the same time from a distance. That's how I like to see sites. I like to see them. A lot of people like to go on them or in them. I just like to look at them from a distance. And you can do that in Sydney very quickly. Uh, I also big fan. There's a country town in Victoria called Bright, which I've uh, loved to get up to to holiday every every year or so. Um, and yeah, and then obviously, if you want to see the other classic Australia, want to get in up up north into the uh, the Red Centre, or it's, it's more central than north, I suppose. Uh, all, and all the way up to Darwin. Darwin's just different again. Feels different ever up north. Not that I've been to heaps of places up north, but the humidity and everything, it just feels different. I, I, um, I love that sort of thing. And Australia being such a big country, it means that everywhere you go can feel quite different outside of the capital cities. All the capital cities v- vaguely feel in the same world. Uh, but if you go right up north, it's very different way down south and in the center or on the coast. And, you know, you understand what I'm talking about. Summer for everyone. Uh, Thanks for your question, McKenna. Tegan Longman asks, why podcasting? Was there a particular podcast that got you interested in starting your own? I would say, yeah, I'm trying to think back to, I think there was a, I'd, I'd tried a couple with my comedian friend Nick Kappa, and they just never quite got going. We recorded a couple episodes of each idea. One was about music where we played an album, not too far different from what Listen Now is, the other podcasts I do. Uh, the other one was talking about travel stories called Tra- Grab a Traveller where we'd have a beer and talk travel stories, which is actually not a bad concept for a podcast. Um, but then when Dave asked me if I wanted to do his one, I loved his idea, which was, I mean, it wasn't what Do Go On is now, but it was an idea of basically getting out. Uh, if you don't know, Do Go On is a podcast about, basically about uh, s- stories, trivia stories. We both worked in trivia at the time. Dave wrote questions and I, um, uh, I worked for a TV show in Australia called The Chase, which I think is probably a, a global franchise. And I had to check trivia before the questions went on the show. I had to sort of fact check it. So we were learning all these things and then it, uh, the idea was to have a, a place that we could um, dump all that extra knowledge we found. And then it turned into this story thing and it all sort of evolved over the years. But what was your question? Why podcasting? I think the podcasts that I really loved back then and before then were I love this uh, Melbourne podcast called uh, it's called I do love the Green Guard Letters. What was it called? Maybe it's just called. It was a still Saunders show before he did the does the one now about Star Wars. He used to do one about reading letters to the editor in. The Green Guy, which is an entertainment guide in a Melbourne newspaper. And he got great Aussie comedians on, it was a lot of fun. Um, WTF is like a big comedy interview podcast, listened to for a long time. Maybe they're two of the bigger ones that I listened to back then. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember if Josh Earl's one was around back then, but that's one I've listened to for a long time as well. Thank you so much for those questions, Tegan. Uh, This one's from Chris. Megacy, Megacy and Chris writes, how do you think the new recruits will fit in with St. Kilda? I'm excited to see if Dan Butler gets a red hot crack as I feel he was underappreciated at Richmond from a Tigers fan. Oh, interesting. Well, I imagine Chris that you know more about Butler than I do, but I think it's good for our club to get any players in with premiership experience. He, you know, he won a premiership two years ago. So, uh, or three years ago now, I suppose. But, um, we're starting to get a few players that won premierships at other clubs. And I think, you know, having players who, who know how it's done, that's got to be good for the team. Uh, and I think, yeah, I think he's going to be very handy. It's pretty competitive. Uh, I think he basically plays forward pocket, which is a pretty competitive spot in, on our list. But I think that's a good thing too. Other uh, players like Hill, I think Hill's going to be a gun. I'm very excited to see him out there. Uh, Zach Jones as well. I know Sydney fans kind of give him a bit of shit about his foot skills, but he's very speedy and that's something we need, which Hill also has. Hill's got speed and skills. And, I, you know, you see the highlights packages of, of Jones and he looks pretty good, but... And he's, even his stats uh, don't make it sound like his skills are too bad, but it might be a, might be a crucial moment kind of thing that they have a problem with. But I, I'm excited. Five new players in the trade period... Uh, And hopefully our team looks a bit different, starts climbing up the ladder a little bit, even maybe at some point deep into the season being in the finals uh, contention, that would be nice. Uh, Thanks, Chris. Love talking about the Saints. (laughs) Two questions already. Uh, Suraj Paris asks, how's the Canadian tour looking? That one, I mean, so I don't know where I'm at with being able to talk about that sort of stuff, but we're still working hard on a North American tour, uh, it was looking like USA was out of the question. Now it's looking like it's potentially possible again, but it's still like such a long, hard road that we can't say anything. Until we know about that, we don't really know about Canada as well. But either way, I think we'll, in at least in my mind, we'll get to Canada. Obviously, uh, Saraj is talking about Do Go On, which is uh, <laughs> the first podcast I did. So I do three podcasts for people who just know Primates. I do Do Go On, which is the longest running one. That's that trivia sort of story based one. This one, Primates, about primates and popular culture, normally, and uh, a new one about music, rock music in particular, called Listen Now, which I do with my cousin Sam. Um, but the Canadian slash American tour would be mainly for Go On. I'd love to maybe do, maybe I'd do a Primates as well. I, I don't know. I've never done a live Primates before. Uh, but yeah, it's still. I, I imagine it would be getting frustrating for people who are waiting on the North American stuff. Just know that we are constantly talking about it. Uh, we had a meeting of, via Skype with an American uh, in the last week. So it's still hopefully. Anyway, I, I, I probably should have talked to Dave and Jess before talking about that. But that's the problem with saying people can ask you anything and not reading the questions before you read them out. Uh, but thank you, Siraj. Uh, Dean Cooley asks... If you had to make a podcast about any other animal group besides primates, what would it be? Ooh, good question. I think dogs would be a handy one because they're often in in movies and whatnot. So that could be fun. And I know a lot of dog-loving people. Uh, Cats are also a good one. You've got big cats as well as domestic cats. And there's a lot of cat people out there as well. So I live with a cat uh, myself. (laughs) I've no, I don't think I've only ever briefly lived with a dog when I was in a share house a few years ago. Uh, so, yeah, that that's probably a boring answer. I like yours. So, Dean suggested some himself. He said uh, he would pick arthropods, which are bugs, spiders, and crustaceans because pod is already in the name. Fantastic, Dean. you got to get that happening. I think maybe we talked about it on a recent episode, I think we talked maybe even last week or the week before we talked about how we'd go about doing a spider-specific podcast? Or was that on Listen Now? I do too many podcasts now, I get confused. But I think that's a good idea. Bugs is fun. Uh, we were talking about how you could do. There's a, quite a few movies that feature spiders. You've got uh, that one with the world's best pig, which I can't remember what it was called. There's a book and then a, a cartoon movie. Probably other things as well. Then uh, you got the one about uh, eight-legged freaks. And uh, the one where with the word where people are scared of spiders, I'm sorry. This is... Uh, it's hard when you've got no one else to uh, correct you in the room, but I'm sure a lot of you are doing it from afar into your phones yelling. Thank you very much for that question, Dean. Lucy Harrison writes, have you got more Hobart shows planned for this year? I'm moving back to Hobart from Melbourne and not being able to see live shows by you guys is making me beyond sad. Ah. Uh, that is, I'm, I just went and did uh, did three nights of shows in Hobart uh, last week, and um, there were there were podcast listeners who came to all the shows, which was cool, but pro- possibly not quite enough uh, to make it seem like it would be a uh, like a, a thing that we could do. Unfortunately, I was I was really hoping that there was going to be a, a bunch more, but um, I still had a great time. Don't get me wrong, I love Hobart. I will be. I come back every year anyway, especially I love uh, your weekly room jokers. So uh, I'm sure I'll be back to do stand-up. Uh, whether or not we can do a podcast down there, I'm not 100% sure on that yet. Maybe I need to do some polling or something like that. Um, uh, and Lucy also says, also feel, feel better soon ever Munro Smith. And then Evan replied, thanks, Lucy. So, I mean, I didn't need to pass that on at all. Uh, (laughs) And then finally, uh, the last one on this group for now is from Eli Fisher saying, if you could combine one famous comedian and one famous primate to form the ultimate species, what would it be? One famous comedian, one famous primate. Well, I mean, it's hard for me to go past my favorite on-screen primate I think I've said this on the record now Caesar from the rebooted Planet of the Apes films I mean it's the ape that um, inspired this whole bloody show so I'd merge him and then with one com- one famous comedian the ultimate species maybe I should go I should go with probably my favorite comedian over the last few years I mean there's so many great comedians that I've been enjoying but probably my favorite one over the last few years is Rory Scoville that would be a real weird mix to mix Rory Scoville with Caesar very different <laughs> very different characters but that would be I'd be very curious to find out um, how they would look and act even more so love to see Caesar do some stand-up that'd be a lot of fun great question Eli you really made me think there which I don't Often do. So thanks for pushing me out of my comfort zone. Uh, then, all right, so that's off, off one of the groups. I'm just going through these one by one. Here uh, is the pla- some questions from the Planet Broadcasting Great Mates official group, which is a group for listeners of all the Planet Broadcasting shows, including my three podcasts as well as others like the Weekly Planet, Josh Don't You Know who I Am, and Still Saunders' Steel Wars, which I've all mentioned all of those already today. Uh, Tim Foster, I, I just posted I thought it was funny to post a photo with my question asking, uh, asking people to ask me anything, and I found an AMA sign, which is the symbol for the Australian Medical Association, and that really tripped out Tim Foster. Sorry about that, Tim Foster. He said, I was like WTF. <laughs> Sorry to T F you. Tim, uh, no question though, I appreciate that. Nicholas DeSantis writes, what are some foreign rock, not USA, Australia or the UK that you like? Maybe some bands you recommend. Bonus points if they have primate related names. Oh, geez, the Sizzling simians is a suggestion he made. I've never heard of them, not even sure if that's a real thing. Um, okay, top of my head, uh, I think of Turbo Negro from Norway. I don't think that's, gonna be news to anyone they're a good band um opeth one of my favorite metal bands do a lot of real light and shade stuff about as heavy as you can get and and real melodic as well at times and they're from sweden uh a lot of metal bands are from outside those three countries admittedly so i could list a bunch of those arch enemies a band i used to listen to a lot from germany with a swedish singer um Who else could I suggest? Although you said rock, not metal. uh, Unknown Mortal Orchestra, that's sort of, I mean, it's one guy, but they've sort of got a rockish sound at times, but they're a bit more uh, diverse than that. They're from New Zealand. Uh, Split Ends, another New Zealand band, classic Kiwi band who have a lot of good stuff. Sorry, I I probably need Nicholas. Ask me this again on Twitter or somewhere and I'll uh I'll try and give you a better answer with some thought on it. Um Emiliana Tarini, she's from Iceland, but that's even less rock. Very uh sort of poppy folky sounds, but I'm just a big fan of her stuff. Uh let me know what kind of if you mean rock as in broad like rock as in what it broadly is, or if you mean specifically the more like that pub rock sound that I talk about on Listen now with Cold Chisel and that sort of stuff because that would be a different thing again. Uh, but thanks for the question. Kayla MH writes, surely there's a phrasing the bar crossover rep you can do with Jess, right? Other than the original George of the Jungle, which is an episode, one of the first episodes of this show that I did, which is also where we came up with the phrasing the bar idea. Last time I spoke to Jess about it, I think <laughs> I think she'd be up for doing it, but she's also like, you know, it's a Doing her podcast is a lot of work. She's very busy and she's got a lot of stuff going on. So, and I'm now doing three podcasts. So, we're it's a, the last time we talked about it, I suggested that maybe we do it as a Patreon bonus thing, maybe once a month and, or, you know, whenever we get around to doing it and then we can slowly tick off his 50-odd movies over a couple of years. And that seemed to be uh, an idea that maybe has legs. So... Um, but yeah, sorry that's been dragging on so long. I really thought that would have happened by now. I was not expecting uh, to have started a music podcast, uh, which I think is real good. It's I'm having so much fun with it lately that if you haven't tried it out, do yourself a bloody favour. Even if you don't know the music cold Chisel, you really don't need to. It's all explained, baby steps sort of stuff. And uh, a lot of people who listen had never heard of them before and now are quite into their music. But the story's interesting anyway, I think. And we play snippets of the tunes anyway, so you get a, a feel for it. Just give it a try, that's all I'm saying. Uh, Mitch Nashim writes, would you rather fight two eight-foot-tall men, two eight-foot, they're both uh, towering over me, or eight two-foot-tall men? That's tricky, because it f- <laughs> feels like the easier fight would definitely be eight two-foot-tall men, but what's two-foot-tall? But then, I don't know, how, how do you feel about fighting two-foot-tall men? And also, that's, that's still eight men. I don't know. I think, um, I imagine I would have this shit kicked out of me either way. Uh, maybe, yeah, that's a tough one. Who are these eight foot tall men? Are they, are they uh, you know, who, I'd love to, how can we talk about it, Mitch? Why are we going straight to fighting? You didn't say fist fight. Could have been any sort of fight. Good point, Mitch nicely turned around would you rather fight two eight foot tall men because if the fight is like a a battle of wits then i'd really need to know the personality of these men uh mm, i'm gonna say i like the odds because i don't know what kind of fight i'm gonna say the two eight foot tall men and i'll see see if i can outsmart them somehow (laughs) good luck matt all right uh thank you so much mitch Uh, Corey Marshall writes, what's the worst decision you ever made as a teenager? Preferably something you did in school. Worst decision I ever made as a teenager. I imagine there was quite a few. (laughs) I don't uh, don't spend a lot of time dwelling on my teen years. I I had a lot of great fun. There was like early uh, experimenting with alcohol Went awry a few times. Probably the time I drank so much, I vomited blood. Is a pretty bad decision. I definitely wouldn't be doing that anymore. Um, I was pretty, even probably could have held off on drinking a, a little bit later than I did. Maybe, uh, but that's just the old fuddy duddy in me now talking. I mean, even the word fuddy duddy is an old fuddy duddy word. I. That's the first thing that came to mind. Preferably something you did in school. What did I do in school? It was bad. That is, it's a tough question. Centuries ago, that I was in school, I just remember school being pretty fun. Uh, there were probably times I I I did some teasing, which I regretted soon after that. I never felt good. Um, you know, you be mean to someone when you, you sort of got out of your control. No, I never did. I don't think I ever did anything brutal, but just um, yeah, you yeah. know, bloody. All right, now this has turned into a therapy session, Corey. <laughs> Thanks for your question. I'm going to stick with the vomiting blood thing. That would that would have been after school on a Friday or something. Derek Hurigan writes, do you use shampoo on your beard and is it the beard, head and shoulders, face and chest? Is the beard, head and shoulders, beard version of head and shoulders, I think is what you're asking, called face and chest? Should be. If it's not, I'm not sure. I do occasionally shampoo the beard, especially after exercising. I'll um, for a, a while I got sponsored on this show, uh, by, a, a beard soap company and they sent me three cakes of, of soap and that was all I used. That was so good. I should contact them, get them to sponsor me again so I can use them again. They were great. Uh, met the guy who runs those guys, uh, Barbarossa. That's a free one, Barbarossa, if you're listening. Um, hit us up and send me some new soap. I really loved it, especially... The red one, I think, was the best. Anyway, I could have this conversation off the podcast. Uh, but, yeah, I do. And I think it should be called Face and Chest. If I was starting a, a beard shampoo company, that's what I would call it. Nij Eh writes, how are you? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty good, thanks. Uh, he says, what with the fires raging and all? Oh, what with the fires raging and all? Have you or loved ones been impacted by it? Um, stay safe, punking. That's a that's a do go on reference. I, uh, I'm I'm good. Generally speaking, feeling pretty good in the new year. Feeling very positive about things to come, even though there is so much negative stuff going on. I'm trying to stay positive, which is hard because, uh, yeah, with the you know seemingly the world's coming to an end, but um with the fires, it does look like the end times, uh and um. But yeah, on a micro level, I'm I'm pretty good. I've, as you look at the bigger picture, things get a bit tougher. I've uh, I mentioned before, Bright was one of my favourite places in Australia. I got family there, and uh, they that town was evacuated because of the fires. Luckily, it passed them by. Um, businesses had to close for a while, but they're reopened now, and I think people are coming back to the town. But there's fires all around that area. I know Dave. I think he mentioned this on social media, so it's probably fine for me to say, but he he was traveling and he got caught right up in it. He was evacuated, um, had to sleep in a basketball center one night in his car the next. Um, Jess actually from Dugon as well wasn't too far away from it as well. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people I know have been affected by it. No one to the point of their houses burning down, but a lot of people have lost their houses as well. Uh, and there are no one directly that I know, but yeah, friends of friends and stuff have been impacted. So it's, it's, a, it's a really rough time down here. But there has been a lot of positivity as well. I think um, with uh, these sort of dire times, you often see the best in people as well. And a lot of people are bandying together and, and um, supporting the people who need it in lots of different ways. In the comedy community, there's a lot of comedy benefit shows that have been organized. Uh, which is, you know, just a small thing the comedy community can do, but raising thousands and thousands of dollars, which is pretty cool that we can use our whatever skills we have in that way. Um, uh, thanks for that question, Neige. David Lowe writes If you were stuck on a desert island and you could only have three pieces of primate themed media previously covered on the pod and one Cold Chisel album for company, what would you choose? Oh, great question. All right. Um, well, I, I love, I think I said it at the time, one of my all-time favorite films is the second rebooted Planet of the Apes film, which I always confused me because there's Rise. I think Rise is number one, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. I love that. Maybe I'd take Rise as well. Unfortunately, I haven't got to war for the Planet of the Apes yet. Otherwise, maybe I would. I'd take the box set. And then one other. I know it wouldn't be any of the MVP series, probably. Uh, Although they, you know, they can. You could probably get more out of it the more you watch those. Uh, Maybe Harry and the Hendersons. That was a lot of fun. Uh, And then one cold chisel album. That is tough. I've I've been surprised how much I've loved every single one of their albums. Uh, And I'm for the upcoming weeks, we're going to be talking about their most recent three. And I'm enjoying listening to those at the moment as well. I should say we're all, we're doing a, a special episode this Monday uh, with me and Sam debriefing about us seeing them live this week. We just saw them on Saturday and had an amazing time. So um, and they got a bit loose. So we'll have fun recounting that to you if you tune in. But the one Cold Chisel album that I can listen to, it's funny because I mean, there's maybe I go with one of the live albums. I do. I really loved uh swing shift as a live album but that came out before a lot of their greatest tunes so that's tricky as well um east is their the probably uh, yeah tough one that is a really tough question then you've got like their reformation album um the last wave of Summer, which is just jam packed with tunes it's got 20 tracks maybe i would go maybe i would go uh almost ringside even though it's not my favorite of their live albums but it's got such a it's got 32 tracks so uh, and such a great range of songs oh that's a that's a tough question I'm going to assume you're going to say studio album so I'm going to say I would take Circus Animals that's my favorite studio album of theirs so far I think even though it's a very close call did you want me to overthink it like that David sorry put too much thought in that but hopefully you also allow me to bring um, some sort of a music playing device as well it would have been nice if you just let me take a uh, some sort of a computer with Spotify on it, but um, you know, there you go. That's the way you operate, David Lowe. You're not a generous man, apparently. No, thank you very much uh, for the question. Joshua Benefield says, "What are a few of your favorite movies and albums from 2019?" Um, I, I don't probably don't get to see as many movies as I used to. I'd say Knives Out, which I saw right at the end of the year was great, or even the start of this year, but it was from last year. That was awesome movie. What else, buddy, came out last year? Favourite albums is probably easier. Um, I can even look up on my... I keep a Spotify playlist of, of albums each year. Sharon Van Etten's album was one I played a lot. Devin Townsend's solo album was really great. Julia Jacklin. These are all quite different genres, by the way. Julia Jacklin's a Aussie singer-songwriter, um, love... Her album. Uh, Fontaine's DC, awesome. Uh, Irish rock album. Amel am on the Sniffers, awesome Aussie, Aussie rock album. Um, Baroness's album's great. Oh, There's so many. Jess Rubiro, another Aussie artist. Uh, they're all... Um, they're probably, yeah, I'm just looking through... Angel Olsen's, I've just been listening to that a bunch recently. Um, yeah, so lots and lots of stuff. Uh, that's a bit of a variety of sounds, but movies is harder. I'd say Knives Out off the top of my head, but I can't remember what else I saw this year. I think I saw Toy Story 4 for this show, (laughs) and maybe I saw Aladdin, which was fine. Toy Story 4 was sick, actually. That's probably, that'd be up there with my favorites as well. Uh, thank you, Joshua. Chris Waters asks what's your top five Simpsons episodes? Oh, question without notice. Bloody hell, Chris, top five Simpsons. It's the kind of Dave's got, uh, Dave Warnicke from Do go On has that list ready to go. I used to always say Lemon of Troy and I think I would stick with that, um, uh, which is the one where they go to Shelbyville. Uh, I also love, I think these are almost hack answers probably, but I also love, The one uh, you only move twice, I think it's called, uh, which is uh, the one where Homer um, moves and gets a new job. Uh, Very very funny. Then you maybe go classic, like the the first one I remember watching. uh, Yeah, some of those early ones are pretty good. Like I really the Simpsons uh, Christmas first Christmas special, I loved at the time. Uh, I also love maybe one of my favorites is the Christmas special where he got caught, hot caught shoplifting. Very, very good. Camp Krusty is another classic. Now I'm just looking at a list here. What else? I think that, I think I've said four. And then I'd round it out with, um, was the one where Homer played, he was the baseball mascot. I might be merging, that was, also, that was great, but so was the softball one. So both of those were awesome uh where he makes wonder bat when a tree branch um gets struck by lightning fantastic stuff so yeah i'd probably they would probably change if i had more time but great question thank you chris rachel johnson writes what is your favorite animal at melbourne zoo have you been to any other zoos which had different animals which were interesting uh been to the melbourne zoo a bit um that's i'm guessing rachel means the one in the uh, well yeah she said Melbourne Zoo there's three zoos here and I'm a, I'm a zoo member so I can go to all three I've spent uh, I've, the last time I went to one was at the Werribee Zoo which is really cool seeing some rhinos and stuff like that hippos um, I love seeing what did I see I think it was at Melbourne Zoo where I saw the the uh, gorillas which was cool, big silverback there um tangs are awesome uh what else is cool to see there the butterfly enclosure is pretty cool which is a weird one you just you walk through and it's real hot in there and then butterflies fly now all different colors and stuff that's fun um and then i think it was at adelaide zoo i went to when we were there for fringe last year where there were were they gibbons they were I was mesmerized by them as they were getting around the trees. I think they were Gibbons and they well I mean that's a gibbon. They were so cool. Good question thanks Rachel. John Willis asks uh, what movie would be most improved by replacing a primary character with a non-human primate? This, I thought this could make a good episode by itself. I was I had that thought at one point. It's an awesome question, John. Um, I'd love to see and maybe it's just because of your name. <laughs> But the first one that came to my mind was Die Hard, everyone's favourite Christmas film. I don't know which character you'd replace. Imagine John McClane being played <laughs> by a gorilla. That'd be sick. I mean, he, Bruce Willis is in some ways a big big gorilla in that film. Uh, so it wouldn't be that. I don't know if you'd be able to pull off the humour humor a Gorilla. Unless it's... Are we talking about maybe if we're talking about an A played by Andy Serkis who can talk, maybe Caesar. I'd love to see Caesar um, uh, parachuted into a role like that. That would be awesome. Uh, yeah. Or oh, imagine if you changed John McClane, okay, Bruce Willis, to Caesar, and you changed Alan Rickman to Colba. Uh, that would be fantastic. Now you've got yourself... And another great film. I mean, those two films are already awesome separately, but imagine if you mushed them together. Now we're talking. I think finally the Academy uh, would, would, would make the right call and give Andy Serkis best actor. Joff Lewis, thank you so much, John. Joff Lewis Tyson asks, well, you've written a John Lewis Tice. I'll just, I'll read it as it's written. If Tism made, uh, T- if Tism wrote a song about primates, what would it be called? I don't I mean the thing about Tism is they're geniuses. And the thing about me is I'm not. So uh I imagine it would be something better than what I would come up with now. I love the idea. Did they ever have a song about primates? I don't think they did. Uh they loved uh wordplay in their titles. So it'd be some sort of a portmanteau or something probably. Uh something something better than that's a gibbon. But um <laughs> Joff, that, that one, that's made me feel the worst out of all the questions. It's a great question, but it's made me feel the uh, least adequate of all the questions. I'd love to see uh, your suggestion. Um, I'll see if I can, I'll, I'll type to you now as I, as I write this. see if you come back to me with one in the meantime. Uh, John Collins writes, thank you so much, Joff. John Collins writes, uh, listening back to Do Go On, D&D, which stands for Dungeons and Dragons, yes, episode. Have you had a game yet? I still have not had a game, but I'll tell you something, and this is probably some sort of exclusive. We have been talking with people at Sounds Pants about doing a Patreon bonus episode where we play it, and we've just got to find a time to do that. So that's pretty fun. I still haven't played, and I probably won't until we do it and we record it. So you'll be able to hear me fumble my way through it, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's, I was so surprised how many listeners we have, who are right into it. And that made me feel, because I've always said, the best people in the world are do-go-on listeners, or the do-go-on listeners are the best people in the world, one and the same. So if, if a lot of them play Dungeons & Dragons, it's got to be a good time. Um, but yeah, that's I was thinking about that earlier today, John. We should uh, make sure that happens. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. do you enjoy Devo or NoFX? Yes, I, I enjoy both of those bands. I'm not curious because they're two of my favourites and I like to entertain the notion of a Do Go On about them in the future. NoFX actually, this is a little spoiler alert, NoFX get a brief mention in next week's episode of Do Go On. Funnily enough, Dave's probably an even bigger NoFX fan than me. Devo, uh, I've got an uncle who I often go see uh rock shows with he loves devo he once we went to meredith music festival he dressed up as a demon with the um i forget what they call what do they call those hats with the They sort of look like upside down pop plants but they're cool they got some special name i forget what they are but yeah he loves them and i if they ever a tour australia again i would go and see him but i you know i know their greatest hits i know whip it i know a few of their other Less than PC song titles these days, um, but yeah, I I I think NoFX would be interesting. Fat Records got a brief mention, um, as did the band NoFX and Fat Mike in next week's episode. But I do really like NoFX. I've never seen either of them live. NoFX is a band I'd love to see, love to see. I, um, yeah, I've, I'm not a hardcore hardcore fan, but a you know like a greatest hits fan of them. Uh, so I, you know, I I know a big chunk of their back catalogue, but not. I wouldn't know. Wouldn't be able to tell you album tracks and that sort of stuff. Uh, John, I think like I remember. It, well, actually, I did a, a a countdown of my. Did I try and remember if they made? I did a countdown of my hundred favourite songs of all time, and I'm pretty sure. They, it's bad that I can't remember already. I only counted it down on Boxing Day, but. I'm pretty sure they made they were in the with um, a relatively recent song, even though it's not that recent anymore. Idiots are Taking Over was in the, like the top. I think it came in around 70 or something like that. That's a cracking tune. Love that. Anyway, cheers, Keenan. Uh, John McAcon writes, Off the top of your head, can you think of some hilarious monkey's poor wish scenarios? Your wish come true, but not in the way uh, you intend for anyone unfamiliar. Also, favourite local beer brewery around Melbourne. Second one's an easier one. Uh, if I don't know if you've heard it, John, but we did a Monkey's Paw episode where I uh, recapped the story and then we ran through a bunch of scenarios, which was a lot of fun. I can't even remember what any of them were now, but uh, it was fun to go through them and then we had Adam Carnivale, Jackson Bailey from Sands Pants sort of unpacking them, telling us how they could how they would backfire. Uh, let's, all right, I'll have a wish. Uh, maybe a turkey sandwich on rye. <laughs> that's a Simpsons reference there. Homer does that and um, it ends up being dry. <laughs> Turkey's a little dry. Uh, my favorite local beer brewery around Melbourne. Okay. I would say that's easy, but that's actually hard because there's so many good ones. The first one that I really became aware of was in Moorabbin where I was living in the southeast of Melbourne, uh, called Two Brothers. And I really like going there still on occasion. Um, Maybe my favourite to... Oh, it's it's tougher than I thought it was going to be. Holgate, just outside of... And there's another older one, um, which I... I get. I still get to a fair bit, and that's an older one. But then there's, there's newer ones. Like um, I did actually did a a, a a video with Jess for Community TV where we went through five different craft beer bre- uh, breweries around Melbourne. I think we went to Temple Brewing, uh, where a friend of ours works now, which is great. Um, yeah, Ooh. there's also a bunch that. Um, there's a bunch of bars now that sort of uh, sell not only their own brews, but um, just a bunch of brew, uh, beers from around the place. Sombing Ground is a really good one. Mountain Goat's another old school one, which actually isn't, it's not independent anymore. It got bought by a big uh, big multinational. I think Three Ravens was a real funky old school one as well, which was fun and had a lot of interesting flavours that I at that point when I first went there I hadn't had before the mill was one uh that um I don't know if comedian Brett Blake he his mate I think runs that and uh told me about that and they their beers like will blow your bloody head off but um the real sipping beers very good as well anyway John I've rambled there Thanks so much for that question Michael, the problem with this is the longer I go on, the more questions are getting asked. And I know this will get tedious for listeners eventually. So I'll I'll keep speeding through them. Michael Terazakis writes, if you could replace a human for a different primate in a movie, which a human for a different primate in a movie, which doesn't feature non-human primates, which movie would it be? Which Well, I've already answered that one, Michael. Bloody great minds think alike. But, yeah, I'd say um, Ape Die Hard is going to be a big hit. Uh Planet of the Ape, Planet of the Die Hard. No, uh, Liz Left Ever writes: Is there a hobby or skill you wish you could do/slash master, uh, crafting or playing an instrument and the like? I'd say yes. I would love to be able to play an instrument, basically any instrument. Well, I um I don't like I I have a bass guitar, and an amp, and a lead, and picks, and fingers, and a strap. So I got the whole kit, and I'm maybe the shittest uh, bass player of all time, and that's why I, don't, I say I'm a bass owner, not a bass player. But that would, I imagine, that would bring me a lot of joy if I was just, if I just <laughs> stuck at it and um, was good at it. Now I also often regret not getting good at a language. I learned Italian for four years in school, two years of Mandarin, two years of Indonesian, and could hardly string a sentence together for any of those. I wish I'd stuck it out with one or all of them, and um, that would be a skill that I would really wish I uh, had. But I mean, it's probably never too late. But they say those both of those things are a lot easier to do the younger you are. But great question, thanks, Liz. Joe Mart writes So, if getting fruity with Matt and the boys is the fruit based spin off, does that mean that the vegetable spin off is getting veggie with Matt and the girls? Still waiting on the newest step of getting fruity. I I still don't know how much... I think a lot of people said they like getting fruity. I know some people, or at least one person uh, complained about it, said the joke got old, which is funny when overwhelmingly people think something's fun and then one person's like, "Uh, you're wrong, that's not fun. It's like, oh, maybe maybe it's just a personal thing. It's funny when you get people who... I'm all up for positivity, but it's weird when someone hates on something and as if... That opinion is is um, objective. But anyway, I would love to do another episode of Getting Fruity. Getting veggies, is fun. And yeah, I think that's a great idea. I'll have to put it to those guys, to the boys or the girls. Maybe I should do Getting Veggie with Matt and the Girls. It's a fun idea too. Thank you, Joe. Great suggestions. Adam Clark writes, Would you take $2 million? Yes. If for the rest of your life... I already know it's yes, but I'll keep going. If for the rest of your life you couldn't tell the difference between a baby and a muffin... Oh, all right, Adam, you got me there. Wait, hang on, okay. I could just stop eating muffins, and that would take away the danger of eating a baby accidentally. But what's the reverse of that? And then I just have to stop patting babies or whatever. So I think that's fine. And babies grow up, you know, like... um. I'd, I'd get to know them eventually. I think that's fine. Uh, if, if you're worried, if, like if you had a baby, for instance, Adam, I just wouldn't be... <laughs> I imagine no one would bring their kids around until they were toddlers. So I think I could get away with that. For $2 million, I'm up for it. I'm up for that challenge. Thank you, Adam. David Graham writes, I love primates and robots. So I was wondering, using wearable robotics, would you prefer a tail that you could grab things with and swing from. Uh, feet that you could use as hands, or the strength of a gorilla. Ah, oh, they have so many, they have so many great abilities, primates, the non-human ones. Tail that swing ones. Feet that you can use as hands. I think I'm gonna go with the strength of a gorilla. That seems fun, as long as it's controllable. They, I can't remember if gorillas can go gentle as well, but I imagine, David, with your robotic skills, you could make me uh, wearable robotics that would give me the delicacy of my normal touch all the way up to the strength of a gorilla. What a fantastic combination that is. Uh, great question, David. I'd take any of those. If, but seeing as you've given me the option, I'll go with the gorilla. I'll go with the gorilla every time. Danny Wallace McMeans writes, what is your wackiest story from growing up? wackiest story from growing up jeez growing up have I really even done that yet wackiest what does wacky mean I I don't know I always think of like when I think of old stories they normally end up they're more stupid than wacky first thing that came to mind this isn't wacky at all but this is more dumb and and probably answers that question from before regrettable thing one time for some reason I well, joking around with mates. My mate was driving. So I would have been just on 18 and my mate was driving the car. I said something like uh, he was driving a Holden Commodore, which is like our General Motors down here. I said, Commodores suck. Get a real car, get a Falcon. And he screeched on the brakes, jokingly goes, get out of my car. You can walk. So I, play, I played along with the joke, got out. He drove up. Hundred meters up the road and stopped. I go, oh great! And then I ran up and I jumped on the back, holding onto the roof racks. And then he sped off. Which I mean, in hindsight, it's probably more him being stupid than me. Uh, and he went faster around a roundabout, and I lost my footing. So I was sort of supermaning through there, holding onto the roof racks, going too fast. Is it? Yeah, with a, an inexperienced driver by the way. That's probably the. That's not wacky. If you were asked for what's the stupidest thing you've ever done, that'd have to be up there could have been dead imagine that if i was if i was dead i wouldn't be answering these questions right there now so i don't know if that's better or worse uh thank you danny scott coventry writes what's been your favorite primate media that you've talked about on the pod and have you been surprised by the amount and variety of primates in popular culture i've totally been surprised scott i i i knew there would be quite a bit i knew that i would eventually be able to muck around with it and and you know go for long bows and that sort of stuff, which I think is fun as well. But there are so many. I could, You could genuinely just keep doing this forever. And I without jumping around like I have with, um, you know, primates in wartime and uh, wacky primate. you know, all these different sort of things I've been doing as well, real life stories. You could just do movies. Uh, some of them would have to be pretty small parts, but there's so many, so many. I mean, I still haven't done the multiple King Kong movies Um which I'm thinking of holding back for April, which I'll call April, and then I'll do some big movies like King Kong and stuff. That's an idea. That's not locked in. Favorite primate media that I've talked about, uh, sort of mentioned it before, it's probably got to be Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, which is um, one of my all-time favorite films. Even though Evan, the second banana, did not rate it at all. He kind of hated it, which broke my tiny heart. Uh, Sean, thank you so much Scott Sean Muggan, Muggen writes How full on is the mood in Melbourne in relation to the fires? Does day-to-day stuff just go on? Uh, Yes It is funny Uh, Funny is not the right word But it is an odd thing Because it's like there's this haze over the whole city And uh, coming into the studio today I went past all these people with face masks on um, Driving or walking It's a it's a quite a surreal feeling, but everyone's just going about their business. There was, you know, people just, um, walk along the footpath. I have even seen people exercise, which feels like a bad idea. You know, if you're really sucking in the breaths, going for a run. Um, I don't know if that feels so smart. So that's been a good excuse not to exercise for me for the last few days. But in general, um, yeah, life has sort of just gone on in this weird thing. It's funny how quickly you adapt to the new norm. Um, but yeah, people are people are feeling pretty emotional about it all as well. So, and that's you know just below the surface too. So, it is strange times indeed. Uh, Thank you so much, Sean. Soph Waldron asks, "Who I hung out with at the Cold Chisel show on Saturday?" So I'm sure we'll mention that with Sam on Listen Now on Monday. Soph writes, "Who are your must see shows for Melbourne International Comedy Fest?" Including yourself, Jess, and do go because, of course, I'll see those shows. Okay, great question. I haven't even, the guide hasn't come out, and I haven't sort of flicked through it. But uh, there are always the old favourites. I always like to see, like Dan Connell, is usually a show that I would easily recommend. Um, I'm trying to think who else is. I should let me look up the bloody uh, what's it called comedy festival website if you if you're looking for it is comedyfestival.com.au and you can see all the shows on there what's the easiest way to just get a bloody round it um, shows now on sale Stu Dolman's another one that I always recommend seeing who's been on this show before uh, Aaron Chen so funny I'm going to give you a lot of A tips cuz I'm in the, <laughs> just gone onto the A page Aboriginal a couple of my friends do a very funny split bill show. Aaron Goxy Gox, so is doing a tonight show? Uh, Alice said Birchall, uh, as well as his show with Andy Matthews, which is a new sketch show. That was probably that was a lot of people's favorite show last year. Their show Magma. And they're doing a, a new show, a new sciencey sketchy show called Teleport. And but Al's also doing his first stand-up show in a couple of years, which is exciting. Alex Ward. I wish you just said what are you some who do you recommend in the A's? Uh, also, well, yeah, oh Andy Andy Saunders. Have I've only said men, which is what am I? The bloody Academy Awards. Angus Gordon is actually one of my favourite comedians in Australia, but he's also <laughs> also a man. Anna Piper Scott. I just did a gig with her in uh, Hobart. So funny, and that show. Has um, won awards. I think has been doing very, very good and big things uh, down there. Ask me again when I've had a chance to look through the guide a bit better. Uh, oh, Annie Louie, who was also down in Hobart, with very funny. Beck Charlwood. Becky Lewis, Lucas, Becky Lewis. I'm making up. Ax now, Ben Knight. Oh, the bees are great. Ben Caution. Okay. My list is going to be too long. I'll stop it there. But so remind me more specifically the kind of stuff you like and I'll I'll give you a tips list. And that goes for anyone else. Message me if you uh, want to see shows in Melbourne and you're not sure what. Tweet at me and say, these are my favourite comedians that are, are well-known. Who would you see at the Melbourne Comedy Festival that's in this sort of world? I'll reply with some hot tips. Uh, my Twitter account is MattStew underscore art. Uh, or you can do it at the primates one, primates pod. Uh, thank you so for the question. Great question. Very excited about comedy festival coming up. My show Monkey House is going to be on there as well with the with a little bit of primate related stuff inside of it at this stage. It's still evolving, much like the bloody primates. That's not true. All right, Eleanor. Yeah, slowly. We're still all slowly evolving, probably. Every now and then, though, the generation takes a leap forward. I watched X-Men the other day. Eleanor Lacey Sloan writes so what did you like most about visiting the uk and can you come back because even though you've done two uk tours fairly recently i couldn't go to any of the dates eleanor were there twice within basically within 12 months i what do i like most i i loved it the thing i love least which i think we talk about on this week's dig on was the food i had a real bad run of luck with any, uh, british food this time around but I had so much fun. It was the first time I've been to Dublin in quite a few years, probably over ten years, and I had a ball there. I just love traveling around, driving around, seeing it. it's all very pretty, like country. I love the little villages, so nice with the some with the thatched roofs and whatnot, um, little windy streets, really cool. Uh, what, I'm trying to think if I, just the you know old old stuff in terms of. Um, Old, old buildings and that sort of thing. It's pretty wild to see old ruins of um, 13th century royal buildings. I just stumbled across one. That was a weird sort of unsuspe- unexpected highlight where I stumbled upon the ruins of a an old king's manor. Wild times. I, I think uh, in terms of a podcast going back to the UK, that is I, I doubt we'll get there again this year. We went uh, 2018, 2019. I don't think we'll be doing it again at least because we're trying to get something happening in North America this year. Still fingers crossed on that. Uh, and I'd say the UK will probably um, give you a chance to miss us for a little bit. Uh, but that's the podcast. Me, myself, I'm coming straight back. I'm going to be there for Edinburgh Fringe, hopefully. I'm just um, sending it off an application well, or my producer sending off an application for that today so i'm hoping to bring my stand-up show over and maybe like it's the fun thing about having my own podcast is i can i could probably find a couple of guests over there and maybe do a live primates or two during the fringe maybe hopefully get down to a show in london as well but i'm not sure but yeah i'll be back uh and then hopefully as a group with dave and jess uh, the duke on team we'll be back again Sometime into the future, but it probably won't be at least until next year. Um, But thank you so much for that question. Sorry you missed the salador, Edward George, who I know well from Canberra. He always comes to see my uh, stand-up shows when I'm up there, Edward, because he's a goddamn legend. He writes, once you have finished off with this season of Listen Now, what bands would you like to go through next? Would they be Aussie bands? Great questions. So on Listen Now, uh, briefly mentioned before, we're talking about the albums of Cold Chisel with me and my cousin Sam. We're going through them album by album. All the studio albums and then a few of the live albums as well. And um, and we're coming up to the end. I think we're going to have maybe four more episodes. And then after that, I think my idea, and this is all still to be fully locked down, but my idea would be that we'll do a little mini season where we have guests come in and tell us and we go through their favourite album or one of their favourite albums or some important album to them. So it would be a different band every couple of weeks maybe. Uh, and then the next season where we go through a band, I think we're going to suggest a couple each and then put it up to a listener vote. Uh, whether or not they'll be Aussie, I'm open to doing some sort of bigger name international bands. I'd I'd love to go through someone like The Beatles and and just a band that's around for 10 years and evolves so quickly and in, in a bunch of different ways i think that would be really interesting but i think it's also important to me and sam because it was the whole idea in the first place for the podcast was to be, focus somewhat on australian music so i think if we did an international band then the following band would be an australian one the one at the top of my list probably for aussie bands but uh which is not at all locked in is probably midnight oil they're a band that i much like cold chisel big fan of their Uh, greatest hits basically. And I've heard one of the. I bought their last album before they broke up, Um, but I haven't gone through any of their classic albums cover to cover. So I think that would be really fun. I think Sam would be maybe up for that as well, but I think we'll get the listeners involved in that as well. Of which you are one Edward, you goddamn legend. But I've had so much fun with Cold Chisel that I, I would love to do further seasons of this show. Um, well, that gets us to the end of, of those questions on there. Thank you so much, Planet Broadcasting, Great Mates, official people. Now we're down to let's see how many people replied to my tweet. Oh, there's quite a few. All right, so I would, at first, it took the, uh, in the few minutes after I posted, like no one replied. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a breezy episode, but um, I picked up a little bit. Oh, there's not too many. All right, so uh, the Twitter handle, if you don't follow us on um, Twitter, is Prime Mates Pod. Uh, Detective Herbert Covington, one of the biggest fans of this show, writes, if you're really considering ending this show, brackets, please no, would you consider ending the show with an epic primate crossover or primates into the primiverse, primate verse if you please? Uh, I'd be open to anything. I I still haven't figured out what's happening with this show. I I, enjoy, I really enjoy doing it, but I, part of me wants to um, maybe look into a different direction, um, finish off... All the big movies that we should have got to by now, and just finish with a real big bang, and then I don't know if it just this show morphs into something else, or if I stop it and start a different thing again. I still I love doing my own podcast, but I'm still, I think it's a fun thing to do. But I don't know what it is, and I've also had this idea where if it if it does wrap up, which is still in my head, I'm up and down on this all the time. But if it did, uh, one idea I had was to. Uh, do like a pilot season where every week would be a different show concept and they'd be pretty wide-ranging ideas. And then um, I'd take feedback and see which one felt best and maybe maybe put it on a vote or maybe just get people's feedback and um, and then decide where to go from there. But I like the idea of doing a big uh, – if we did um, finish it up, then maybe doing a big primate verse episode with all previous guests who are available. I like that idea. Thank you, Herbert. You goddamn legend. Simon Morgan Esquire, who's this great artist on Twitter, you should follow him at Simon DeMorgan on Twitter. He writes, uh, which film show that you have covered would you never want to return to? Uh oh, that's hard because I, what was it? I mean, even the ones I hated, I kind of enjoyed on some weird level, like the most valuable primate films. I think, were they the worst ones? They, they had to be. I'm trying... Am I forgetting something? There might have been something even worse. There were well, that... And this is going to break some Americans' hearts, but that um, Zubamufu one was a pretty hard watch. But I think that was because there was no nostalgia wrapped up in it. Uh, uh, question number two, do you still get fruity with the boys? Uh, yes. Yes, I do, uh, at any opportunity. But uh, we haven't put anything out like that, but I do see those guys a bit, and um, I should... Do another episode of that because I think that was a whole lot of fun. What fruit should we do? Suggest uh, tweet me or whatever. And finally, do you rate banana beer? I haven't had much banana beer, but I'm confident that I probably wouldn't like it. Unfortunately, I've never had this one that you've suggested, Mongozo. But I have. I've had like um, probably probably my least favorite kind of beer, uh, which I know is this is a weird. Opinion because it's a lot of people's favorite, but wheat beer and some of them have this banana y flavor. And I love bananas in nearly every other form, but yeah, not the wheat beer I find hard for some reason. Three, three of the best questions there, Simon. Thank you so much. Uh, J.D. Harker writes uh, Are you going to do the Flash TV show? There was a two part special where they go to Gorilla City. It's awesome. Yes, I have looked into that. I'm keen to do that uh jd harker i think that's a great suggestion you should put it into the suggestion hat in the show notes so i remember to thank you for because i will totally forget that you mentioned it here because my brain is like a sieve uh he says also or they say jd harker could be bloody anyone Uh, uh, also say also this is my favorite podcast please don't finish i need my weekly ape monkey fix oh that's so nice jd They're the kind of body messages that will keep it going. Um, Thank you so much for saying that. That really does mean a lot. Uh, Yeah. Sometimes you think, who gives a shit about this? Why am I doing it? And then you get a message like that and you realize that people... Anyway, I'm not that needy. Thank you so much, JD. Scorzilla writes, uh, Would you and potentially Evan be up for doing a bonus video just walking around a zoo? Yes, I would definitely be up for doing that. assuming that's a thing that you're allowed to do it should um i should get uh get back to work on the youtube channel i was putting the primates episodes up there for a while um i'm wondering uh whether or not i don't no one's ever mentioned that they miss it so uh that made it easier to stop doing but i did find an an application that might make it a lot easier to put them up there so i might start doing that again and then if i do that then i'm maybe i'd add more content or the other option is i've I've got sitting there my Matt Stewart comedy YouTube account, which I've only ever added one video, which is of me singing a Tism song, um, at the hi-fi bar in the city on stage with a full band, a full band, not Tism, but, um, it was a real thrill. And I, f- I found out later that member of Tism, Damon Cow was in the crowd. So that's pretty wild. Um. What was I talking about? Oh, yeah, that's... Maybe I'll... It's the kind of thing I could put up on there, me and Evan wandering around. Or even on the stupid old channel where Gamey Gamey Game is. Sorry, uh, Frank Grimey Grimey Grimes is. Yes, thanks, Scorzilla. Good question. Again, uh, you might have to remind me because I will forget all these things. I've had too... I've read too many things out. Uh, Moose in a room writes, could Superman outrun the Flash? Sorry, I should say, could Superman outrun the Flash? Another Simpsons reference. Very good. I think... I think, Sure. (laughs) Toaster Poster writes, Harry from Harry and the Hendersons and Chewbacca had a foot race. Which one would outrun the pack of wild dogs? Um, that's, a, that's an in- in-ish joke from a Patreon episode, which I'd highly recommend if you haven't supported this show on Patreon. You can support this one. Do go on and listen now and book cheat. Four for the bloody price of one. You get bonus episodes, including like the back catalogue of bonus episodes like... Time that I forget if it was Jess. Or, I think it was Jess told us about the 1904 Olympics where they ran a marathon. And <laughs> sorry, I just um had a quick break there. I'd, I'd blocked someone in at the studio with my car, and they couldn't get out. So I had to go move my bloody car. But what I was saying there was yeah, we were talking about um, episode, a bonus episode of. Uh, to go on where uh just told us about it i shouldn't talk about this because it does make me laugh so much i'll try and keep a straight face but there was this story where uh in the marathon in 1904 in the olympics one of the runners was run off course by a pack of wild dogs and that image to me i don't know why the first time i heard it i was in pain laughing so hard anyway so toaster posters Question, I'm pretty proud of myself for not um, cracking up there again. Toaster Poster wonders, Harry and the Hendersons, Farry from Harry and the Hendersons and Chewbacca in a foot race, which one would outrun a pack of wild dogs? I don't know how nimble either of them are, but they're both big enough that I think maybe the, the dogs would sort of gnaw on their ankles and they'd just kick them off. I reckon both of them could do it, but I think Harry would do it with, with uh, better humour. And it would be cool to have John Lithgow in the, in the area. And then I guess you'd also, if, I mean, they're buddies in each of those. You'd have to have John Lithgow uh, from Harry and the Hendersons as well as bloody Han Solo. Um, and then, you know, who, who outruns in that race? So I think in the end, probably John Lithgow is getting chewed up by a pack of wild dogs in that scenario. Thank you so much, Toaster Poster. Nathan Hansen writes, if you could spend one day as any primate from real life or entertainment... Which would it be and what would you do for that day? One day as a, as any primate from real life or entertainment. See, Caesar's my favorite primate, but he's not a primate I'd really want to live the life on. So much pressure on his shoulders. He's trying to protect two species from extinction, basically. That's, that's tough. So I don't want that life. I'll take, and maybe it's just because he's fresh in my head, but Harry from Harry and the Hendersons means you get to live with bloody John Lithgow and family and have, you know, jaunty adventures? I think, I think that's, that's my answer. What would I do for the day? I'd, I'd go to the woods. I'd show John uh, around and show him uh, what's good about that. Then I'd, I'd probably come back to his place and uh, have a mix-up with some sort of a kitchen appliance. And it would be funny. John wouldn't say it that way at first, but I reckon he'd come around in the end, and we'd connect on it on a deep level. Thank you so much, Nathan. Twenty first century dead asks, "What kinds of primates would the members of Cold Chisel be?" Okay, so I guess we'll go classic lineup. Um, so Steve Presswich, the drummer from Liverpool. I'm guessing he's sort of. He's, I'm gonna say he's an orangutan. He's sort of. He's a is he's, he's a ball, ball of fun? Uh, <laughs> maybe he's more of a maybe he's more of a monkey, Steve Prestwich. Maybe I'm gonna or I'm gonna change. He's a squirrel monkey. They got Jimmy Barnes. Uh, he's got to be a howler monkey. He's the screamer, uh, also known as the screaming cowboy. Some might be aware of from the episode, but the front the front man of the band and a bona fide Australian legend, as they all are, Mossy with his beautiful maple syrup voice and guitar stylings maybe he's the orangutan the gentle giant of the band um don walker he's the he's um he's the brains behind the operation let me look up smartest i think i'm gonna say and he often sings about love and sex or he writes songs he doesn't often sing but he he often uh writes lyrics about those sort of things so i'm gonna say don walker's a bonobo uh so who were, the? I think, the most intelligent non-human primate and also, yeah, loves the Bonin. So that leaves, does that leave anyone? Oh, that leaves, of course, the big Phil Smalls, the bass player. So he's a rhythmic guy. Um, but he's also, he's a, he's a pretty diminutive man. If that word means smallish, hopefully it does. But anyway, I mean a smallish man, but would have been boring to say that as his surname is small. Um, you are what you... What, what you eat is what I was going to say, but really that's what you are, what you're named, which isn't also as a thing where people end up, like if their surname is Baker, they end up being Bakers. That's what he did, only with size. Uh, Phil Small, he would be, uh, I'm going to say a baboon. Uh, no, I'm going to say a mandrill, because he is, uh, uh, like Jimmy Barnes always says, never hair out of place. And the mandrill is a beautiful beast. Beautiful, beautiful bass. He was sort of the pretty boy of the band in their heyday. Um, But also a great bass player, as everyone knows. Mandrills are. Great question, 21st Century Dead. (laughs) Maybe even my favorite so far. David Gomez asks, how do you feel about Curious George constantly being referred to as a monkey if he doesn't have a tail? This makes me furious, George. I think I've said that on the record before, and I stand by it. I don't really know anything about Curious George, apart from the fact that he doesn't have a tail. So, I'm guessing he's probably a chimp. That's something that people uh, at least used to get confused a lot before this podcast came about. People often call chimps monkeys, which is obviously not the case. Um, yeah, so I'm absolutely furious. Um, you can probably hear in my voice, I'm voice is tremoring a bit, if that's the thing a voice can do. Thank you, David, um, for really firing me up there. Truman Doree writes apes, yay or nay? It's a yay from me. Thanks, Truman. Great question. Logan Long writes, who wins in a fight, silverback gorilla or grizzly bear? Wow. Well, I think probably my head says the grizzly, but my heart says that silverback gorilla. But it feels like it's it's probably the grizzly. Jeez, I wonder. They probably depend on which grizzly and which gorilla, but... It'd be an amazing fight all the same and a great question. Thank you so much, Logan Long. I just wish they could all get along, the gorillas and the bears, but, you know, that's the world we live in. Lane Gay writes, did you realise this photo is for the American Medical Association? Yes, I did. That was a little joke I made there, Lane. Um, I think it was actually maybe for the Australian Medical Association, but it works for both ways. Either way, very funny, and the idea was that AMA... Sometimes I make these jokes like um, I misunderstand things, but that is that is a joke I make. And people on Twitter don't always get that. Uh, Sky Monkey writes, would you and or do go on come to Castlemaine, Victoria, to do a show? I love Castlemaine. I was there not too long ago for a wedding with one of my good friends and had a lovely time. I think that was in Castlemaine, wasn't it? Beautiful country. I've done a show there before at the pub, some stand-up. I've been there a couple of times. Had a good time, uh, podcast. You never say never, but um, we do plenty in Melbourne. So I, I don't know if it'll. I, I don't know how much that would fly if um, people would be keen or not. I'd have to get Dave to tell me what the Castlemaine uh, listenership's like. He would know. He's got all those notes written down somewhere. I'm sure. Uh, thank you for the invitation, though, Sky Monkey, and beautiful name by the way. Frank writes. whose uh, handle is Super Frank. No, Super Fank. All right, Frank. He writes, if you could replace any actor in any role with a primate of your choice, which actor and which primate would you choose? That's three. We got a bloody triptych of the same question. Great question, Frank. I'm not at all having a go. I love that question. But I'm sticking with my answer of switching Alan Rickman with Cobra and uh, Bruce Willis With Caesar, I want to see that movie made. Great question, thanks Frank. Aaron bracket the loft writes: Would you rather fight 50 mouse lemur-sized gorillas or one gorilla-sized mouse lemur? (laughs) 50 mouse lemur-sized gorillas, jeez. Mouse lemurs are small. One gorilla-sized mouse lemur. Both. Again, is this a battle of wits or a battle of brawn, or somewhere in between? We playing Connect Four? Because I reckon I could take any of them at Connect Four. But um, if we're talking like a fist fight, I imagine I would get pummeled by either. Uh, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the fifty mouse size lemur, fifty mouse lemur size gorillas. Cause fucking, what an adorable way to go out. And finally, thank you, Aaron. And finally, Jerry Del Guducci. Right, was listening to an old on from 2015, and Jess Perkins asked if you thought you'd all still be podcasting in 2020. Your on-mic response was an unsure yes. Are you surprised that podcasting has lasted this long? And will you be still going in 2025? Very interesting. Uh, Someone mentioned that to me might have been the same quote. And I, yeah, I don't recall that at all. I mean, it was five years ago, but um, that does surprise me somewhat. It doesn't like it. No, it doesn't surprise me now. But I'm imagine if I told myself back then, I would have been relatively surprised by the fact uh, I imagine I'll probably still be doing a podcast in some form in 2025. I really enjoy doing them. And as long as I enjoy doing them and people enjoy listening, I can't see why I wouldn't keep doing them in some form or another. I'd love for uh, Do Go On and, and primates and Listen Now to still be going then. Um, I reckon I imagine at least some of them will be. But, yeah, it's it is a, I found it a little bit trickier doing three every week. Uh, just with time management, and that sort of stuff. Generally, it's fine, but then on tour and and um, dealing with different people's schedules, it can get a bit trickier. But yes, long, long answer for quite uh, or short version of that very long answer is yes. I reckon I will still be going in twenty twenty five. I'm giving you an unsure yes. Um, thank you so much for the question. I believe that gets through all of the questions on Twitter as well. Let me just cycle back and see if anyone else has written anything on Facebook. i got to give it up at some point, though. What's this one say? Um, back in the Patreon's group. Uh, by the way, did I say that when I went out to move my car, it was pissing down all of a sudden. It was a hot summer day full with smoke uh, when I came into the studio, and now it is entirely changed. It's a wet, muggy day. Um... All right, there's a couple more quick ones. I probably should just finish it there, to be honest, with the people who got in. But uh, uh, Ebony Cummins asks about who the next band for Listen Now would be, uh, which I, I think I sort of already covered. We're not sure, but yeah, it could be any number of bands, and hopefully you'll get involved with that um, uh, decision making process. She also writes, How's Penny, who's the cat I live with? Penny's great. Penny's the best cat in the world and remains so. Uh, always has been, always will. Melissa Melissa Pizarski writes. I'm probably too late. Well, you're not. You just because I went back for more like a glutton for punishment. You are not too late. But I want to know how much of the comedy do we miss by not being able to see you and your assorted co-host guests in the studio? Are you just as animated in the studio as you are live? I would say that live um, you probably elevate physical stuff a bit, but I imagine there's a little there's a little bits and pieces where. It might be funnier to see love. I'm not sure. You probably, if, have you ever had a chance to watch um, one of the Do Go On episodes we recorded while we are in hotel rooms? That would probably give you a good idea of the expressions. We did the Terraré Do Go On as well as the Nobel Prize Do Go On were both recorded in hotel rooms. That might give you a good idea. Also, uh, this week's Do Go On about the Vol- St. Helens Uh, volcano eruption I've filmed and I'll get around to putting that up sometime in the future if you're curious about uh, what our facial expressions or whatever are live, and I was about to say but why would you be but then you asked the question so obviously you are Uh, Melissa also said Evan and Evan's always been sick and then uh, did some guitar emojis and a uh, metal horns finger salute and you were correct. Evan is a dead set sick man. Hiroj Fernando writes, what was life like as an air conditioner salesman? Pretty good. Uh, it was. I was actually on a, on another podcast today called Funny and Failure and I talked a bit about that if you're curious. It was a pretty serious sort of podcast, but um, I don't know when that will come out. Sometime in the next few weeks, I imagine. Uh, but yeah, it was a, it was a good place to work. It just wasn't a passion, I've got to say. And Haraj also asked for the Dugan origin story. I think I've told it maybe a couple of times. I'll tell it briefly now. I sort of told it earlier. Dave and I were working in trivia. That tells how we started. And we recorded maybe two or three episodes, at least a couple. And we, um, we realized that maybe there was an element missing. And we said, oh, we should get an extra person in. And um, I... I suggested Jess and Dave said, she was, she's at the top of my list too. Um, so amazing. It was just sort of like our heads were both in the same place. We asked Jess, she said yes. She came in and we uh, re-recorded those first two reports were redone. I think, um, I think we'd already done Mona Lisa. So you might, I had to play dumb a bit, I think in that episode, because I'd already heard most of the story about a month earlier, but, um, yeah, that's, the, that's sort of the brief origin story for Do Go On. Hurrah. Xander McConnell writes, is Evan really sick or is he killing more dogs for gaming? Gaming Game This, I believe this isn't a real thing. I think this isn't a, a gaming Game joke where Evan kills dogs. I'm, com- I'm pretty confident he doesn't actually kill dogs. I'd say 80 85% sure about that. Um, apparently he stuffs balls, balls <laughs> boys in the wall. As well, which I can't remember the origin of that joke. But you should watch Gaming Game on YouTube to uh, catch up on some of these real fun in jerks that I'm not fully over. Because Evan never invites me onto the bloody show, even though I have him on mine nearly every week. Anyway, I'm not bitter. Kalen Rankins writes, "Have you thought about shaving your beard for bushfire relief?" Sure, I'd I'd do that if you. I mean, it, yeah. If I don't imagine we'd raise all that much money, but um. I'll shave it. I probably would, I guess. How about how about people pay me to not shave it off? Same result, and I get to keep the beard. Everyone wins. Matt Flanagan uh, writes, what's your golf handicap? I play golf with Matt, and he knows it's not... Well, I don't have one because I don't play enough, and I don't have a golf membership anywhere. But it is... Basically, my swing is... is is something that holds me back from being better at golf, Matt, as you very well know. Matthew, uh, as does yours, to be honest, Matt, you're at least as bad as me at golf. Uh, Matthew Edward Odie Smith writes, what made you grow a mullet? I, The reason, Matthew Edward Odie Smith, was I saw, I've, I've had, mullet, I had a mullet when I was a kid. It's just the place I, I grew up in, 80s and 90s Australia, so that was just a thing that people had uh and my mum cut my hair and I think it was just an easy haircut now I cut my hair and it is still the easier haircut to do you don't have to cut around the back but and then I grew, I grew another one in my early 20s and I saw a photo of that sometime last year and I'm like oh I want to I want it back so I've sort of had one when I was a young kid I had one when I was a young adult and now that I'm uh the advanced age I am now I, I, I wanted to do it again I'm not sure if that's a good reason, but that is literally the reason why I did it. Um some sort of nostalgia, but I just think I think it's a I think it's a strong look. Um a lot of my heroes when I was a kid all had mullets. A lot of nearly all sporting heroes from the late 80s, early nineties had mullets. Mark War, cricketer, uh Plugger Lockett, the greatest all-time footballer. Um, Stephen Kernan. My first two favourite footballers both had mullets. Stephen Kernan for the Blues and Tony Locker for the Saints. Also both wore number four. Coincidence? I don't know. Yes, it is. Daniel Sawyer writes, would you risk your life for a chimp? Uh, I don't know. Is it, is it a good chimp? Probably depend on the scenario. I'd die for Caesar if he was my leader. Thank you, Daniel. And Luke Emmerden writes, what's your least favorite primate? Oh, probably Andy from Toy Story. Thank you so much, Luke. Uh, and someone's writing a question now. Do I wait for them to see what it is? It's not coming. No, they've stopped. All right, well, that's the end. Thank you so much for everyone who wrote in questions. I uh, I, I, think I had some amount of fun doing this, even though I imagine it, it potentially uh, would have been a hard listen for some people, but for those people, they probably just wouldn't have listened. This brings us to the part of the episode where I thank a few Patreon supporters actually getting to the end of this list, so I should um, request some more Patreon facts or whatever uh, in the Patreon group. Uh, you can support us at patreon.com slash pod That supports the Dogan1 Podcast as well as Primates, as well as Listen Now and as well as Book Cheat and you get bonus episodes and, and you get to vote on topics, you get shout-outs on all the podcasts and that sort of things as well. Um, on Primates, you get a shout-out and you get to give me some sort of an ape or monkey fact as well as... Uh, your favourite or whatever you want to tell me, basically. And Chris Curtis wrote to me saying, My favourite ape is Ape Joel, Joel Douche's character from Sans Pants Radio Dinosaur Saga, Radio's Dinosaur Saga. He simply is the most powerful and beautiful silverback gorilla in existence. I agree. Uh, I'd say that about human Joel as well, um, who's been a guest on the show a few times. Great suggestion there, Chris. Thank you very much. And Juliet uh, writes... My least favorite primate is whatever the fuck those orange things are that swap heads in Labyrinth. Ah, oh, that's fun. Labyrinth would be a cool one to do. I haven't seen that in ages, but I, I loved it as a kid. Thank you so much, Juliet. Thank you for your support, Chris and Juliet. Um, bananas grow. I normally do at this point of the show. Uh, I'll give all your questions seven out of seven, perfectly ripe bananas, ripe, ripened bananas. Please give us a review. Uh, five stars and I'll read uh, them out there's a few here since the last time I recorded that I can read out uh, Michael writes five stars good podcast five out of five thank you very much Michael William writes Andy from Toy Story's legs five stars super lit 10 out of 10 banana dildos fantastic score 10 out of 10 banana dildos can't beat that obviously it's a perfect score Uh, Popcross Studios writes I have no good primates puns but this podcast rocks Oh, that's very nice. Uh, They write, I ran through all of Do Go On twice and needed something new to listen to, so I gave this show a crack. Wasn't sure if it would be my thing, but it's great. Love all the different guests and specifically love the Marvel episodes. I listen to it often while doing art and animation for my YouTube channel, uh, which I guess uh, is Pop Cross Studios, if anyone wants to look it up. Uh, Keep up the awesome work, y'all. Oh, and also Andy's mum, Andy for Best Primate. (laughs) andy's mum and andy for best prime okay double act thank you that's a very nice review thank you so much for that made me feel all nice uh shield right just two more here shield rights great guests the great guest. i imagine this one's gonna <laughs> anyway the great guests on each week make this show worth listening to and make up for the fact that matt is the current host five out of five slightly green tipped bananas I knew they, they never let me get my uh, ego get out of, out of hand. Thank you so much, Shields. And finally, uh, Sapface writes, four bananas, which means five stars. Top draw podcast from the man with a thousand noises. That's what some people call me sometimes. He brings, I think I probably gave myself that nickname. He brings you information you never knew was out there about monkeys and apes like a universe where Captain America is a gorilla and how Billy Mitchell is a dirty cheat and Steve W I can't remember how to spell his surname, is a gaming god. You should give this a go. Thank you, Sapface. That's also a lovely review. I really appreciate that very much. Um, that does bring us to the end of the episode. If you want to find us on social media so you can ask us um, questions in future versions of this Ask Matt Anything episode. You can go to Primates Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, Primatespod at gmail.com for the emails. I have not checked the emails in probably way too long, and I uh, I realize that and we will get onto that soon. Apologies if you're waiting for a reply. Um, and, yes, I normally make someone, uh, the guest, refer the sign-off for the show, um, but obviously I can't put that onto anyone. So I'm going to still Meso's and say... Chimp you later. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want.